welcome to Knights of Roleplay, an adventuring podcast. This is an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Royalty free music provided by Kevin MacLeod, Plate Mail Games, and Tabletop Audio. And now, to adventure. Hello and welcome. I'm Chris Buckner, the primary dungeon master for Nights of Roleplay, and this episode we're going to have sort of an informal roundtable to get to know our players. So, why don't we start with our first question, which is, how did you meet the other members of Nights of Roleplay? Uh, so I met Sarah. Sarah Ha! Sarah Ha! In 2003 or four? Four. Four, 2004. Because we... You were a friend of a friend that I was going on a date with, and we went to see the 300. Half-naked men. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I met Greg. I don't know when. I don't either, actually. It probably may have it's, been during it, one of our TV and, and or movie nights, I think. You, you just kind of Was came it the into holiday hooligan hullabaloo? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I because because the for the listeners, a lot of the people that are in Nights of Roleplay are from a group that we call the the movie crew, who mm-hmm. met through a variety of different means, and we all met each other very original name at, at different times mm-hmm. during the movie crew. So I, I met Greg at some point, probably between ten and fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. um, at some movie crew event. And uh, John, I think, was basically the same thing. Yeah, and uh, Kate was on deployment, and I think I met her when she came back. Sometime when we on, when when were you on deployment? Oh, I was active duty through 2012, so I wouldn't have been back. I was probably back on leave for birthday parties before that, for sure, like Sarah's big birthdays and stuff. But I wasn't back consistently until 2012. Okay, so basically between 2004 and 2012, you were you were on deployment, right? Or, uh, sorry, duty. sorry, active duty. Yep. So at, at some point, I must have met you at a at a birthday party or a dinner or. Something like that in mm-hmm. there, and then 2012, you were more regular, and then we started to become friends, and yep, eventually got married. Yay! Yep, yay, marriage. <laughs> you just needed a good man mm-hmm. and to um, be more regular. So, t- <laughs> 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 Thanks, <John. laughs> so, Sarah, when did you? Obviously, we just covered you and I. When did you meet? I, I met you while watching Naked Men. Yes. Yeah. Chris's butt was hotter, though. Thank so, you. you know. Thank you very much. Um, I met Greg when we were working at uh, Circuit City. Circuit City together back in 2001. That sounds about right. Yeah, I in was 2001. department supervisor, I think, at that and point. And I was uh, working a summer job in between my, my first couple of years of college. Yeah. We, we did lots of music-y things and psycho counts. Psycho counts, Psycho yes. counts, yeah. That was where she got the nickname Jazzy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because of her license plate on her car. Yeah, the jazz. It was jazz singer at that time. So. Yeah, and I thought it said jazz something, something else. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell, tell them how it was spelled on your license plate. Uh, J-A-Z-S-N-G-R. We'll just say that people skipped the S after seeing the Z. Yeah. And let them take it from there. <laughs> yeah, the last three letters trip people up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how'd you meet um, John? John. John, a mutual friend, invited him on a small hiking trip 
with us. But it was the hiking trip the first time? I think time it was the met? hiking trip was the first time we met. Although it's kind of fun. No, maybe it was King Richard's Fair. Could have been King Richard. Could have been King Richard's yeah, Fair. Yeah, because I, I, I could have Same mutual friend. Before we went on that weird... Same mutual friend, but oh like God, this random, really tall dude and like a really beautifully made set of medieval garb showed up <laughs> to go to the Ren Fair with us. And I, I was pretty smitten with how cool he was. <laughs> so uh, we've been friends ever since. I was cool back then. Less uh, yeah. <laughs> it was more of being smitten with how, like, dapper and tall he was, but, you know. <laughs> and then there's Kate, uh, that batch. <laughs> yep. Kate, I've known since. I gotta do the math. 1995. Eighth grade? When we were in eighth grade, Kate moved to uh, our town. <laughs> and she was the new kid and uh, was... Also uh, teased on by people that were jealous of how cool we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, yep. that, that's the reason. We were definitely too cool for them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we became pretty fast friends, and we've been friends ever since. So yep. Was this before or after your goth phase? Uh, before my goth phase. Yes. Yeah. Goth, okay. goth phase was college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, you already covered... The two of us, yes. Sarah and I. So how'd you um, meet John and Kate? I am going to say that I met John probably at one of the mutual friend events. And I think that's mm-hmm. how pretty much that side of the... I feel like we should just say this mutual friend's name because like, she's the thread between us all. She really is. Pretty and much how I met everybody She's probably our first anyway. listener. Yes, our that, that would be so our friend Athena, Athena. And we love Athena very much. Athena yes. is the common thread between us all. Yes, yes. That, what, that is what connects the Circuit City... With the non-circuit side. us together. (laughs) (laughs) The powers. I think Kate also, I also met at an event um, with uh, Athena and everyone else. Yeah, when I went to go see the 300, I was going on a date with Athena. And Sarah Sarah went along with her. And I, I brought my very, very good friend at the time. What was his name? His name was Don. Don, okay. Um, so, John, how did you meet Kate? I guess that's the only person left. Yeah, I mean, I pray. Well, well, I mean, you can talk about your first impressions here. of all us weird people, but, you know. No, you don't want me to do that. Um. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> no, I, I met pretty much everybody through Athena. So, um, okay. Kate was at a bowling alley. We went bowling. Uh, I think it was one of your birthdays. Probably when you were home on one of your birthdays. One of Sarah's birthdays. That was one of mine. Oh, was it you and your birthday? I went through a huge bowling phase. It was somebody's. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah. And so, and uh, for the rest of you, it's pretty much uh, uh, through the movie crew. And then Greg and I kind of, along with Athena, kind of got going with the anime crew. And then Sarah really, joined really in the anime crew. really, really interesting names. <laughs> yeah, so original. Yes, very I heard the Originally. <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. pretty much it. And we just kind of, I've just kind of been a thorn in their side ever since. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it hurts so good, John. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so we and since all everybody. my questions have been indirectly answered, I mean, really, again, it's just having known Sarah for this long. She, for me, is the nexus because she became friends with Athena while I was gone in the Navy after college. And then all of these other 
friendships opened up through that. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I said, hey, y'all need to meet my friend Kate. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, damn, she's hot. <laughs> I was like, damn, you're right. <laughs> uh, okay, so our second question is, when did you start playing Dungeons & Dragons? If you want to start, Kate, I'll let you go first. I, yeah, my first Dungeons & Dragons was uh, started dating Chris. He talked with a bunch of our friends and said, you know, basically he was talking about playing D&D. We thought it sounded really cool. He offered to run a test game for us and for me, that was the first time playing, and we just got hooked from there, and Chris started a campaign for us soon after. John? Um, well, uh, I kind of did was did some D&D with some pseudo-friends back in high school, a little bit in college. I kind of sucked at it back then, but eh, back then. I enjoyed it. Oh. You still kind of suck at it. I still suck. I still, I still suck at it now, but I sucked at it back then too. Um, so. I say that lovingly because I you suck know. at it more. No, John's really bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, this is this is probably my first serious Dungeons and Dragons group, uh, which you know, once again, started with uh, Chris uh, introducing us with uh, Minds of Fandelver. And then for like a couple of sessions, yeah. uh, which I later DM'd to finish up. Right, which, which is the, the fifth edition starter kit when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yep. which I had a lot of fun doing that. Yep. Uh, so I'll probably wonder if I can like do some more one shots or something like that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it if you guys would do, <laughs> if you guys would run like one shots or, or, or like mini campaigns where you can do something in two or three adventures. Because um, it would give me a chance to play, and you guys could DM for some of these episodes, which would be kind of fun. So, yeah, I mean, you guys are totally welcome to do a one or two adventure thing now and then. That's totally cool. But not all. Campaign. You don't want to hog all the glory. I'd rather like doing the entire big campaign things, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten the bug now, so I'm really enjoying it. Being a DM, that is. Um, anything else, John? Um, no, I'm good. Okay, Greg. Uh, my experience actually started when I was in college and it's weird. I was a freshman and we were playing Marvel superheroes games. Ooh. So I played that too. That was like really fun. Cause I rolled a character that had dark force powers. So oh. I accidentally ended up injuring someone I was trying to save because <laughs> I rolled an incredible and my power was incredible. Yeah. So it had a negative consequence, which, mm. um, Learning about the rules and how all those things worked um, with D and D is kind of interesting. How that beginning experience, you kind of learn, you know. Well, I kind of went too hard on that, or you know, I you know. You never go too hard, Greg. Everything has a consequence. (laughs) Long story short, your answers have consequences. So this wasn't the one, the game with with the chart, was it? Where you always roll on the on the chart? Yes, it is that one. Okay, yes. All right, that's yeah, that's the same one that I played. So that was really fun. And one of my friends in college actually drew the character. And he was all black and dark, and I still have it somewhere. But uh, <laughs> as far as D&D, uh, actually, that was something that I kind of came into when I was learning about magic, and um, which I'm not good at that game, so that's another story. And, uh, and We have time. <laughs> I, I believe... Our DM will tell you that I kind of hounded him a lot about wanting to play D&D, and it took a while before he actually 
said, okay, well, absolutely. You mean a- after Lost Minds or just period? Before that, that, so, all, so all that So happened. this whole thing is your fault? I would probably take a small bit of credit. So you're probably the one of the first people that pushed for it, I would think. Yes, yeah. I'm like, oh, D&D, that would be cool. So it may have been your encouraging that I had me do the Lost Minds of Fandover. Yeah. Yes, and then you guys really enjoyed it, so we kind of kept going. Yes. Yeah. And then you and I were playing in that Star Wars campaign for a yes. little while, for quite a while, too. Uh, which, unfortunately, that Bendy guy, apart. which was really cool, playing Atticus. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he got to beat up a lady lying in her sick bed. That was interesting. Good job, That Greg. doesn't yeah. sound no. interesting. That sounds terrible. <laughs> she was a criminal. She was doing all kinds of bad stuff. And was she, she was lying in her criminal? bed? Well, <laughs> we had already beat her up once. That was the problem. <laughs> okay. Well, she was shooting people. So what kind of criminal activity was happening in her bed, Greg? <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> Next question, please. Okay, so Sarah, when did you start playing D&D? I started playing D&D almost exactly two years ago now. Mm-hmm. My, first cam- my first adventure was in John's first campaign as a DM, full campaign. Mm-hmm. Full campaign. Uh, right. For Curse of Strahd. Mm-hmm. Um, I had dabbled in some... Other types of RPG games previously, but never really got the bug. Like like tabletop stuff? Uh, yeah, I actually was a character named Jade in a Spycraft game for about two oh, months. Oh, Spycraft, cool. Yeah. Two months before <laughs> I kind of like fizzled out and got too busy. And, you know, I don't know if that group still plays. But uh, Jade was fun. She was an assassin. Cool. Sounds she was cool. hot. Yeah. You know. That- Explains why your first character was a rogue, probably. Probably. Mm. Uh, although rogue sounded like a relatively simple one to figure <laughs> out for my first campaign. Because I was approached to uh, join Curse of Strahd exactly a week before it started. Yes. And the first game was on my birthday. So, <laughs> happy birthday to me. Yeah. I am now officially an uber nerd, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that badge. But I had watched these guys play for quite a couple of years and and had their little D&D group and been kind of jealous so when I was asked I was pretty happy to join in yeah, we're happy she to have has you. been a great yeah. contribution by the way too Aww, thank yeah. y'all. <laughs> okay so um, I started playing D&D in 1986 Whoa. somebody want to do the math on that one Nerd. I was four yeah and uh, I won't tell how old I was at that point in time, but I will say <laughs> that it was 1986. Older than us. And it was uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons at that time. And then I remember when they came out with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition, I was all excited because they were coming out with a new book, and I got to see a new book. New book. And that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And then over the years, I played lots of other things like like Gerbs and Ars Magica and, and Werewolf and Vampire and um, – all kinds of other things. Basically, anything I could sink my teeth into. So. <laughs> Vampires sinking your teeth. <laughs> Not intended, but that's a good point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a well-placed boo would be good there. Greg and his boo flag. Uh, okay, so what do you love most about Dungeons & Dragons? So, Sarah, we'll start with you and we'll go around and we'll end with me and... Um, what do you? Mm, that's a pretty open-ended question. It is. Man. That is a pretty open-ended question. Um, in my experience watching other people play, it's uh, role play is a very special kind of thing to everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I think everybody has like their own thing that they want out of role playing. And no, I'm not talking about the bedroom. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you sure? About also that? fun. Also fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for a lot of us, I think it's a way to get to be a different version of yourself. But for me, I really enjoy um, experimenting with the aspects that I don't see in myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of playing out that fantasy of what would it be like if I was actually kind of gregarious? Well, <laughs> that's not a good example. What would it be like if I actually like ran into the fight and actually started something and stood up for the people that I care about mm-hmm. physically instead mm-hmm. of just like being like, hey, you guys get off my lawn. <laughs> um, I'm going to stab you. <laughs> So just the idea of getting away from real life and really escaping into a character and exploring that person with your friends and uh, in these fantasy realms is, like, totally cool for me. Okay. Craig? I'm weird. (laughs) We're all weird. (laughs) Um, I think for me it's something where it kind of takes you away from the everyday realm of what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And it gives you the ability to escape and be something or do something different than what you would normally do on an everyday basis. You know, it's not work and it's not, you know, going to the grocery store (laughs) or any of those things. It's something where you can be fantastical and magical and have powers and really just kind of um, do anything that you dream or, you know, anything that is kind of... um, under the realm of impossibility, it's possible when you're so, role playing. So, so it, it feels empowering to you. Yes, it does, and it kind of allows that. Which I consider myself to have a very creative side. Oh yeah. Sometimes yeah. that creative yeah. side doesn't come out on an everyday basis. So mm-hmm. when you're role playing, you have the ability to just unleash that side of yourself. So okay. that's how I think about it. <laughs> uh, John, do you have any thoughts? Oh, what do I like best about uh, D&D? Okay, um, Kate, you have any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, well, you don't want me to pontificate? No, you can pontificate. No, go ahead, go ahead. Go yeah. Just trolling you, trolling. Pontification. <laughs> uh, probably primarily the social aspect. You know, just being able to um, get together and hang out with my friends for a little while. Um, and, yeah, just... Being able to, you know, troll my friends as a completely different person is a lot of fun to me. <laughs> Did you just say troll? Yes. I mean, a lot of a lot of what uh, Greg and Sarah have said uh, uh, applies to me as well. Sure. But, you know, just, I'd say, yeah, I'm mostly the social aspect. Okay, so that, that's cool. All right, Kate. Yeah, anything, I mean, anything else to add? Just to to further enhance the point that the others have already made, I think it's just I view it as an even higher form of escapism because not only it's not just like reading a book or watching a movie or a cartoon or something, but you know you're you're developing this character, 
and you're building this story and hopefully with a group of friends that you really like, which I think that we have here and I feel pretty lucky to have. You're all right. (laughs) So uh, that's a lot of fun for me. And then again, I think to some extent, it's also Chris's and John's style when we run big campaigns that, you know, they, they actually take backstories of all of our characters and pull them into that story that we continue to build, which makes it even more engaging. So it's a lot of fun. I think too. Also, there's a lot of emotional investment oh, yeah. in that. Oh, definitely. We've had a lot of had tears really at the table, heavy some discussions. Feels. I'm not crying. <laughs> My eyelids are sweating. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like a lot of the problem solving aspects. Of I do too, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, just you know, just, just can we? How creative can we be to get out of this situation? <laughs> you know. Can we can we just fight our way out? Can, well, we, can break we break the dungeon master's plan? Yeah, it, it, it definitely um, introduces you to a lot of different aspects of your friends that you didn't necessarily recognize outside of the game table. Sometimes too, um, it's definitely a unique environment for seeing people's uh, personality. <laughs> for <come> sure. Out. <laughs> But to to expand on Kate, it's it's really wonderful to not just imagine yourself as a person, but like speak at that as that person and adventure as that person, and mm-hmm. really get into how would this character react if she was faced by a beholder that speaks like a Bostonian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pocky, Pocky sounds at the bar. <laughs> what about you? Well, I mean, everything that you guys have said about playing a character and the escapism is all true. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of acting and I have some fun with that. So exploring characters from that point of view, uh, being an actor, is, all, is also very fun. Uh, one thing that I like about it that has a lot to do, it has a lot of crossover with Magic the Gathering and many other things that I've found in life that make things enjoyable for people in general, whether they realize it or not, is the idea that... Um, it is a it is a form of self expression. It is a for it's a way you can like customize things. Like when you when you have your character, everything that you build into the character is some part of your personality, something cool that you like, and, and it's that it's that it's that ex- self expressionism that is really important when it comes to your character and like your magic your magic deck or anything you do in your life. And I love the fact that you get to specialize and customize things and do everything just the way that you want to do it and bring out and it brings out your personality and everything that you make. Are you saying there's a part of me that's curmudgeonly? No, uh, no, not at all. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you bring in a really good point. Like, for instance, you know, I pick on Kate a lot because she never, like, just picks one class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has to, like, multi-class and everything, and yeah. she's very complex. She, she adds one. extra layers onto things. And yeah. I like yeah. doing and, extra and things. And part of right? that layering yeah. is part of who you are, and it's what makes you such a beautiful person. Yeah. So, I, you yeah. know, I think we all... Yeah. Have, you know, Greg's characters tend to be a little stoic but very creative and yeah. mm-hmm. On the different. E- and smash. Yeah. And, and even, smashy. Even John's out- are wild, crazy, and unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, e- even outside the role play, right? There's a creativity to building up the whole game and the, the miniatures. So we have John who does the printing, and I get to do painting and assembly, which is a craft thing mm-hmm. that I enjoy doing. So there's just a, a lot of creative And I just take advantage of them. Add to mm-hmm. the whole. <laughs> You said you wanted to paint your mini. I'm just kidding. I, I, I well, tell hey, you, them to bring their criticals. Actually, I do. <laughs> you get to do the photography for yeah. everything we're doing here. Yeah, Sarah's our photographer. Yep. Uh, okay, so don't smack your lips, Chris. <laughs> uh, okay. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, David. That's my VO coach if you're listening. <laughs> uh, what are your most memorable campaign moments? So um, you want to start with John? Yeah, let's start with John this time. Okay. Sort of... mm, most memorable. There have been quite a few, but one I think... Yes, there probably... have. <laughs> <laughs> moments I, of I maybe the trouble moments that have made the verb drawing a real word. <laughs> yeah, Ratchet, Ratchet had a lot of really interesting times. Um, but I could I... expand on that for you particularly. Yeah. Like, what are your favorite moments as a character? And yeah. what were your favorite moments as a DM? I mean, as as a character, I I still get a chuckle out of the time I just took Grisella out with a rock. We all do. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was Sarah wasn't there for that, but she's heard I've the heard stories. All about it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just really enjoyed Ratchet. Ratchet was just a lot of fun. He was just a lot of I could be crazy and goofy with him, and everybody minded, and I found that hilarious. Uh, and, cool. But, uh, How about being a DM? As as being a DM, probably the time I almost threw Sarah off a mountain. With a <laughs> yeah, yeah. The goat. Watch out the for the goat. goat. Watch out for the goat. That's when I saved your life. I was trying yes. to remember what that moment was. Oh, that haunted me for weeks. I've forgotten all about it. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for Curse of Strahd for people that want to uh, play it, but uh, let's just say there was a time when uh, Sarah's rogue... Sapphire? Sapphire. Sapphire, yeah. Basically almost fell off the... To her death. To her death off a sheer cliff because she got hit with a goat. And I've never seen Sarah... Sarah. I've never seen Sarah more scared of anything in the campaign. (laughs) falling because of that goat gothic (laughs) horror campaign and the goat was the scariest thing that happened to me the goat the goat and the bridge fight Mm. well the bridge fight didn't scare me because i was the spider rogue at that point yeah see it's kind of telling that in john's campaign something very unexpected was scary (laughs) it was unexpected john good job (laughs) did you have anything else to add or you good okay uh greg most memorable campaign moments? Uh, I have a couple. Uh, one of them is that my party friends here never ever believe that I am right about something. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it over and over. I'm like, I really don't trust this person. I don't think they're a good person. And then it turns out that I am actually 100% Always right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is Curse of Strahd we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so trust the person who fights the most because usually they are right. <laughs> and uh, I would probably say also that um, we've had a lot of good um, role-playing times, and I did write this on um, my bio thing on the page, where we just pretty much role-play for hours and didn't really fight or do anything else. And it came down to a situation where we were trying to figure out how to resolve an issue. There was, like, you know, kind of conscience involved in the situation. So, you know, there were some... The table was divided in two. People on the other side of the table had an opinion. People on the right side of the table had an opinion. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to hash that out between us. And then ultimately... Chris's opinion always wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just sitting there listening. I'm just I was, I was, I was sitting there for three hours. Just kind of absorbing the, JK, uh, the information. You're fine, Greg. Uh, yeah, he was just sitting there. He had no <laughs> nothing to add to it. 
So it was like uh, it was fun because you know like everyone was really emotionally invested in it, and yeah, you could feel that they were playing their characters how and reacting how their characters would react. And I think that's a lot of what I like about um, when you get something that's really juicy that you just feel like you can't let it go or you can't let one side not hear your viewpoint about it. If I'm remembering correctly, it was, was it in, it was in the Innistrad game, which was based on Magic the Gathering's yes. world of Innistrad. And um, your character was a cleric? My character was actually a rogue in that one. A that rogue. was lucky. But didn't you have some belief in Avacyn? And the religion of Avacyn? Because I think part of, what the, part of what happened was people found out where Avacyn came from. And then that was very controversial. And so everybody talked about Avison, who was the head of this religion, and how where she came from was very kind of disturbing. Yeah, that, that was And, and I, I thought that your character had, had this belief in Avison or something. And when you find out where she came from. Um, that was Brian, actually. Oh, that was Brian. Okay. All right, Brian. So, but it did have something to do with that. Yeah. that Same seat, subject. wrong person. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and my character, his dad was a werewolf, and he had. Um, you know, saw his family get killed by him. So he was very, very, very rage-driven. So that was what was coming out. Rage, rage. <laughs> in, uh, in that particular campaign. So that that was a lot of fun, actually. I was okay. thinking about a different moment when we all got divided. But, I mean, that was because I've only been involved in one full campaign. Yeah, well, uh, what was your um, uh, moment, Sarah? Well, I, I'm just in... in talking about Greg and the fact that role-playing can get really divided. It was in Curse of Strahd. We were all, like, half of the table wanted to go to one city, and half the table wanted to go to the other city. Whether or not to abandon Irene. And, uh, (laughs) there's more than one way to skin a cat, and, uh, (laughs) we talked about it for a long time, but it was, uh, heated, and that's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I've never seen anybody within the groups that I've played with here at the house, with, with the home group, because uh, we have had, for the listeners, we've had a couple other people that have come and gone um, through the years. But uh, I've never really seen anybody get to the point where I have seen over the course of my entire career where people are like yelling and screaming at each other. <laughs> and, no one's and, had fisticuffs. No, I mean, I, I think that being committed to your character is is good. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think you have to be yelling and screaming and fighting and arguing. And sometimes they'll say, oh, that was just my character. But you're kind of like, you're kind of like, you're kind of like, no, I think you were really pissed. Yeah. I think you were really yeah. angry. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't maybe th- you got too invested. Can't a little bit. Far. A little yeah. bit. But I haven't seen that happen in this group. But yep. but that's great. Um, I think but, a lot of us are respectful mm-hmm. of each other. So Definitely. it yeah. would never get to that point, I don't think, ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people hear what everyone has to say about something and kind of can come to a resolution without nastiness. Well, it's one of the great things I like about playing with you guys in particular. Like, we're good at doing things like if Greg hasn't piped up in a while, we'll be like, well, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, try to this keep people engaged. Try to keep yep. people engaged. Yep. Yeah, which is good. I mean, I, I've seen there was a group that I was in where this this particular player was so not good at role playing and the dm would try to do exactly that he would try to get him to say things and at one point he got so frustrated he had the character like hitting the guy over the head and attacking him and doing all these things he just wouldn't role play and at that point i was like okay maybe we can just let him not role play as much yeah (laughs) because the dm was getting very angry at him for not role playing it's like it's just let him do his thing sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to let people find their own stride yeah yeah Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. fine or strong or strong 
No. <laughs> find their own. No, oh, I hope we don't find our own Strahd. That could be problematic. Did you have other things, Sarah, that you remember <laughs> from your, from uh, your time? Memorable that, moments? Memorable moments mm. for you, yeah. Well, besides the first time I played and I got the bug and uh, mm-hmm. was like jonesing for the next one, like the whole next 14 <laughs> days, <laughs> I was like, when's D&D? When's D&D? When's D&D? Um, you can ask my coworkers. I was a freaking weirdo. <laughs> um, there were there were a couple of moments in John's campaign uh, that we like really got into the role play. There was one in particular between not uh, John and I. Um, I can't remember what character you were at the time. I'm not, so sure you're, I'm not sure where you're referring to. Playing with his en- role playing with off role of playing with one of the NPCs. Yeah. Um, would what, this be what happened? Fo- maybe in the follow up campaign? It might have been the follow up campaign, but there were well, there, there was one when you were points. NPCing for Irina, mm. um, and we had gotten into a really long discussion about hope and uh, the fact that you know Barovia, not to spoil too much, um, was mm-hmm. not a totally hopeless place, and that she should hmm. hold on. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, like right. I was at the point where that particular role play with John was like really like touching to me. And yes, my eyelids started sweating and uh, (laughs) I'm an emotionally invested person. So like, I understand if I get to the point where I'm like crying or I'm hysterically falling over and snorting, um, I'm feeling it. And, and it, my most memorable moments in D and D is when I get to those points without even having to try yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not about the side conversation at that point. It, it's about the actual investment in the story. Um, it's the same thing with acting. Like, I, like when you we don't have to try. Yeah, that's when you know you got it. It's like yeah. magic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, I also very memorably remember the moment when uh, my character Sapphire and Greg's character Darius really started like formulating their little love affair <laughs> which we never like discussed and it was never implicitly mentioned in the campaign but it became very obvious that those characters were just like meant to be together plus they were outsiders and they didn't mm-hmm. belong yeah. where they were and yeah. you know they were totally out of their element and yeah. she had never had anybody that she could trust So, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that she had this big old barbarian that was, like, (laughs) wanting to protect her was pretty darn cool. And uh, (laughs) that was pretty awesome. Awesome. There there was another part, I think, from memory, we almost lost it when we were wrapping up uh, Kate's character's uh, story. (laughs) uh, When she got to meet her dead brother. Oh, (laughs) yes, I was bawling like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John's a better storyteller than he, he lets himself believe. And uh, no, no, I suck. No, you don't. Exactly, point, point made. Uh, and and it was it, there were some really special moments. Yeah, you did a good yeah. job. Give yourself credit, John. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. likewise, when you uh, have my God appear out of nowhere. Oh and, gosh, oh, and that was, that was, was awesome. when I was very battling being two different people. Oh, I was sweating bullets on that one. I'm telling <laughs> like it literally, I was speechless. And you can ask anyone at this table. I had nothing to say. Yeah, this this was an incident during the custom campaign I wrote following Curse of Strahd, where basically uh, Greg's character was having a crisis of faith. So I basically set up this uh, duel with uh, his uh, the an agent an, an, an agent God. an agent yeah. of his God, yeah. well, to try to uh, you know bring him back and 
restore his faith and all that fun stuff. And it was a fun fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. We did. You haven't talked about your favorite moments. I yet. haven't done mine yet. And, or, or her. Okay, so the two and left. Yeah, I, I guess I'll pick up. Yeah, um, so I guess tailing on stuff from uh, John's campaign with Curse of Strahd, there were a couple. Um, I mentioned one on the site, which was that uh, my character's backstory had her losing her brother into what ultimately came, it realized it was Barovia because it was the same circumstances several years prior. So the first way that the party uh, encountered her brother, again, without going too far into spoilers, was very unexpected. So that was pretty jarring and then cool, ultimately going we through that really role play that and that be able fight. To follow through on that. <laughs> yes. And then, um, and I, I had completely forgotten about it other than the fact that this memory of like, when did I save Sarah's character, Sapphire's life, uh, like I remembered her thanking me for it and it just came up again in the conversation, which is that uh, very unexpectedly that we'd had one fight where I kind of broke the DM's encounter because I did something to scare away a monster and he, he gave me inspiration for being creative and ultimately that's what saved it because when she was about to fall which was off like of a cliff that later. We, we had no idea how tall it was. We all thought she was going to die. My character was able to use that Inspiration to catch her before she fell. So yeah, that I, was. I had a little house rule that neat. let people burn inspiration um, for her to do funky rule things. Of yeah, cool. Rule of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. Um, she did a lot of Legolas yeah. shit with the yeah. rule of yeah, cool. Yeah. My, 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 <laughs> or no, your yeah, yours my was, ranger. Uh, yeah, Aragorn, Aragorn shit. Aragorn shit. Too. I yeah. did the Legolas shit. <laughs> yeah. And then um, going back to Points of Light, which was our first campaign with Chris's DM, there were certainly some very gripping moments in the story. I think the first one that I can think of was we, we were fighting the vampire Koss and uh, we hadn't realized it from the start, but Koss was following people around with his legendary actions and was ultimately going to pick one person to try to kill. And my character used shocking grasp as a reaction and actually broke him from moving around for a turn, but it then caused him to concentrate on her. (laughs) (laughs) And she was not the most tanky one in the party at that point. So it was just very interesting and intense to be playing this battle where you realize that all of a sudden, like all the joking at the table had stopped. Everybody was very quiet. Everybody was very intent. And you just got the sense at that point in time of how invested everybody was mm-hmm. in the characters and the game mm-hmm. you know probably the, the first time it had gotten that intense in that campaign and then uh, i mean following to the end of that campaign we fought the god vecna and my character was using artifacts that helped to kill him but again she drew the aggro because of that she got disintegrated two-thirds of the way through the fight so there is no way to fix that in the middle of a fight. Only character Chris has ever <laughs> Yeah, killed. so Kiss, yeah, Chris killed his uh, his girlfriend at the time in a way that she couldn't be brought back immediately. And for me, I had to sit there and watch the rest of the party in, in this kind of nail-biter battle trying to finish the fight against a god. I think Riel did it. And I, I mean, it, it was awesome, and we did, and we succeeded, and it was great. But I just remember, like, even the next day waking up and... and yeah, my, my eyes got wet. I must have gotten something in my eyes because the, the emotional release from being that invested in the characters and the story, you know, maybe may over the top to some, but for us, it seems like our group really enjoys it. So it's pretty cool mm-hmm. to get that level of investment. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah. don't forget the fact that your character, yeah. if your character hadn't done what she had done, 
Vecna would not have been able to oh, have been yeah. killed. I don't forget that at all. It's just again the emotional investment. She, she was that, what she was what yeah. allowed them to actually. Yeah, kill that Vecna. was the high point in my mind. Was Kate the is nothing, investment, nothing so, if not yeah. emotionally invested in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just part of what makes it fun for me. Yeah, yeah. you should talk. Well, yeah, obviously I'm the one, you know, balling out like a baby. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, honey? No, I think that's it for me. Okay. Uh, for the listeners, um, again, some of this has been repeated on the website, but that's okay because we want to have it in multiple places. Mm-hmm. The things that I said were my most memorable campaign moments was I had a character. Uh, I've always liked psionics. I know a lot of people do not like psionics, at least in the history of D&D, people that I know, but I've always been a huge fan of psionics. And I had a character that was a psionic character class, and he was able to split himself into two halves. <laughs> and he did this secretly so nobody knew that was what was happening and then the big boss in the boss fight I, I think actually he was disintegrated also he was disintegrated and then on the next round my character his name was Armas he came running into the room on the next round after he had just been disintegrated in the previous round and people didn't understand what was happening <laughs> and, and me and the DM were just loving that that was really fun uh, and then also in the Points of Light campaign that I ran for two different groups uh, including this one, there was a fight with a brain in a jar. Brain in a jar. Poor B. Which Poor of course, B. You know, I'm the one who got knocked out. <laughs> you know, it, it uses psychic powers, so I was excited about it. And it basically, it was just, it was on a shelf in a jar, and it was kicking the crap out of the party. It was throwing them all around the room. It was dominating the fighters, so they would fight on on, on its behalf. And and you know, in both. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept yelling out either brain in a jar or team DM. <laughs> we had uh, two points in that campaign when Chris had a brain control type bad guy who took a over our, our lead fighter who wasn't me. And then I was the one who got knocked unconscious by our own fighter. It was great. <laughs> yes, yes. When the, fighter, when the fighter was being controlled, Walk it usually chaos. turned on Kate. Yes. <laughs> that person usually turned on Kate. So um, you're saying that John isn't the only master of chaos in this room. I, I don't see how you could think that about me based on anything that I've said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says with his charismatic grin. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I am I am uh, BSing right now, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can smell it. Uh, let's see what Moving hobbies. On. Yeah, we got everybody on that question, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what hobbies do you have other? than Dungeons and Dragons. Boy. Uh, I'm going to start with this one. Uh, I do Spider-Man cosplay for children's charities. I play Magic the Gathering. Uh, I'm a moderately skilled drummer. Uh, I've done a little bit of voice and on-screen acting, and I've been in martial arts for a long time. I have a a fifth-degree black belt and uh, Kempo and Jiu-Jitsu system. And uh, I think that covers most of the things that I'm into. Um, Kate, do you want to talk about some of your other hobbies? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> <see my> <laughs> there's a lot. I, I'm a person who who likes to keep a full plate, and I have many interests. So I mean, on the the sports Some side, over full plate, or, or too many. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but it's always been that way. So uh, I mean, currently sports, I, I play volleyball. Um, I've dabbled a little bit in the kempo and jujitsu because of yes. Chris. Yeah, you came um, to class. Yeah, and like 
swimming and track and field. I, I do heavyweight throwing events. So when we joke about Kate Smash, it's because I'm not a small person and I throw 100-pound weights for distance sometimes. Yes, and does. I then unintentionally break things around the house or knock things over on the D&D table. Uh, yeah, that's my thing. And then yeah, shearing, uh, <laughs> shearing metal pipes in two. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But then there's, there's <laughs> another side to that, which is that uh, Sarah and I have done music together for a long time. So I have. sing. Um, I don't really do the instruments as much, but yeah. And then we go way back to yeah. the Kelvy rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, let's see here. I. I am a crazy cat lady. I have three awesome cats who Chris came into this household with. Well, uh, actually, actually Lily, Lily wasn't here. She wasn't there when we first started dating, here, yeah. but within a couple months of it, she was. So, yeah, yeah we have three cats. It's possible you might hear the cats uh, during the podcast. They'll probably make appearances at some point during the podcast. Especially uh, Bugatti. Especially Bugatti. He's my talker from Japan. Um, I was in the Navy for eight years. I mentioned that on the website. So I've done a lot of travel and collected and seen a lot of interesting things. Um and then uh, arts and crafts is something that I probably don't get as much time to do as I should take for it because it's good for me. But I, I enjoy you know, pretty much anything from sewing to painting, drawing, coloring. And so my current outlet with that is that I'm the resident painter for a lot of our D&D minis and sometimes a, a bad guy or a big boss for the dungeon master. And I, I have a lot of fun doing that. So I actually I remember you being me. a, a yeah. really amazing like artist even yep. as far back as eighth grade yeah. and being just enamored with oh. <laughs> her ability to draw and not only that but your set of of markers <laughs> that you I had still, in your bedroom <laughs> yes and i have that big set of uh colored pencils still yeah. too so yeah, yeah it's a fun outlet when i have time to do it so yeah john uh, I am pretty much the polar opposite of all of that. Um, <laughs> that's not true. I, well, I, I don't. I don't like to keep a full schedule. I, yes, I yes, tend to true. be much more lackadaisical and just kind of take things as they come. Uh, so most of my hobbies are just things that I like to do around the house, like my three D printing, which tends to be a huge time sink. Uh, huge. <laughs> yeah. It. It. Well. I think that's an understatement, sweetie. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to get them just right. Um, but it's great though because John does print a lot of our a lot of our movies, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, video gaming and just things things of that nature. Okay. Um, I do enjoy getting out into nature whenever I have the opportunity, which has been less lately, and I'm a little bit bummed about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, aren't you an Eagle Scout? Yeah, I am. Um, but that was. God, that was a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> That's still something worth mentioning. That's still worth something mentioning, worth mentioning. Though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I mean, this could be hobbies over your entire lifetime. He's an lifetime. avid underplayer yeah. of his skills and personality. <laughs> I just, like I said, I, I call it as I see it. You, you may not agree. I don't know. It's, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just uh, picking on you. Yeah, I know. You do that. That's one of your hobbies. <laughs> well, someone has to troll the troller. <laughs> Trollalol. Trollalol. <laughs> and yeah, you know, um, going at uh, run fairs and things like that. Or yep. Whenever I get the opportunity and stuff. Okay. Mm, I just that's, that's just me. I just yeah. I I am a very go with the flow kind of person. What can I say? All right, cool. Greg, got some hobbies you want to talk about? Uh, well, a couple of things. I'm a writer, mm-hmm. so I 
learned how to do that when I was a teenager. So Mm -hmm. I got the um, special gift of being able to go to a creative youth camp um, for teens. And I was the only one to go from my school with a scholarship. So that was pretty cool. That's cool. And during that time, I actually learned how to write poetry. So I'm a poet in addition to being a writer. I didn't Uh, know it. (laughs) Uh, I'm kidding, I did (laughs) I also kind of dabble a little bit in art Um, I wouldn't say that I'm great at it But, um, you know, I like to try watercolor painting Um, I have some uh, opaque paints that I want to try to learn how to do that Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, anime, which most of us, with the exception of our DM uh, (laughs) Watch anime I am very technology driven. Mm. So if there's something new, I probably know about it. So latest iPhone always in his pocket. (laughs) Always sending us texts. Look at this new thing. (laughs) So I would consider myself a technophile. So I do freely admit that. Mm -hmm. So you can't really see my hand gestures, but that's what I'm doing. You have sex with computers? No, that's oh, something sorry. totally that's different. So different. <laughs> I'm gonna flag you on that one. Hey, you guys are making bad jokes. I can make some too. <laughs> so new technology. I love space, um, and if I had a telescope, I would probably look at it and see all the planets and stuff. So those are my things. Craig cool. in space. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Saraha. Saraha. We already talked about you're very musical. A singer, you and Carrie are both singers. That's awesome. Yeah, we are both singers. Um, yeah. I've actually been <laughs> musical like from birth. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother's favorite story to tell me about when I was a little girl was when I was like four years old. I would stand out in front of church afterwards in my little patent leather shoes and my little puffy socks and swing my little fluffy dress and sing for everybody. Uh, so performing was definitely something that I was gifted with from a young, young age. <laughs> um, I actually spent uh, probably about 15 years as a as the main singer for a big band based out of New Hampshire, uh, which was probably one of my favorite experiences in my entire life. That's one that I, that, that I saw you. Yeah, Chris yeah. used to come watch us perform at our mm-hmm. monthly gigs. Mm-hmm. And uh, singing brings me a lot of joy. Music in general brings me a lot of joy. I think uh, more people need more music in their yes. lives. <laughs> it's a really great way to get in touch with your inner emotions. But, okay. you know, I don't have to try very hard because I'm already like... <laughs> Emotional. <laughs> and that's why Sarah's voice is the one that really projects. Yes, they mm. keep telling me I need to be turned down on yeah. the mics. Yeah, on, on the mixer, she has the lowest setting on the mixer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when she starts singing jazz, she really projects, and it's really quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, <hell>. yeah. <laughs> um, but beyond music, which was not only a hobby, but was a profession of mine for, for a long time, Um, I'm also very much into arts and crafts. Um, I've always been very artistic. Um, Would much rather be out in the world experiencing it than in a schoolroom, which my teacher would probably very gladly share with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I recently took up and started my own photography business because I love capturing moments and people. The name of which is? 
Alternative Angles Photography. There you go. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) You do a lot of cosplay photography. I do. I do a lot of cosplay, and I do a lot of animals. Yep. um, But um, my sister-in-law, actually, is also a cosplayer, and she very much got me ingrained into the cosplay community and really introduced me to a lot of the people that I use as models and subjects it, it's just an amazing world um which kind of plays hand in hand with mm-hmm. rpg where you get this fantastical idea of who you could be mm-hmm. um cosplay is just amazing i have so much respect for the people that do it and i love so much of capturing it for people yeah um especially because those particular models have put so much heart and soul into what they're doing and they don't typically cosplay a character unless they're very invested in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really makes the experience from the other end of the camera amazing, too. Um, Chris, however, has not let me photograph him as Spider-Man. Just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. We will. We will. We will. Um, <laughs> other than that, I'm also a crazy cat lady um, of my whole life. I've recently become a crazy chicken lady. <laughs> chicken lady. Chicken lady. <laughs> My husband and I live kind of out in the boonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a nice little three and a half acre farm. So we have like 21 animals. We include the chickens and ducks and dogs and cats. And, uh, it, it's quite a, quite a chaotic home lifestyle, but it's very rewarding. Um, I definitely. Yes, lots of eggs. We have lots of protein in our house. And uh, I definitely highly recommend raising chickens for anybody thinking about it. Feel free to message me if you want the chicken lowdown. I will talk you here (laughs) off. (laughs) All right. Um, And so at some point you're going to be doing our... Instagram. That's going to be something you're going to sort of. Yes, I will be representing the Knights of Roleplay on the gram. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have uh, some more questions here that really are not specifically D and D stuff. They're a little more for fun outside of D and D. So, um, let's see, Kate. What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, that has changed a few times. Let's start with like when you were a little kid. Uh, when I was a little kid in grade school, there were a lot of years where I thought I wanted to be the first female president of the United States. Could still happen. That's a, yeah. That's <laughs> 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 true. Until I got older and realized what Kate politics is like. So, yeah. Um, 2024. <laughs> and then, I mean, I, I think I set in on, on wanting to do engineering yeah, midway through high school, I had a really good chemistry teacher in high school who inspired that to some extent. Um, yes, Mr. Trapatsis, he was awesome. And then, um, so at the end of school, I had planned for college, and it ended up that I was looking at the Navy ROTC scholarship path because I wanted to have a good way to pay for the school that I wanted to go to, and, and I thought that serving would be beneficial that's always been something I felt strongly about so I mean uh, so I I went through college and did the Navy officer thing for several years but I mean in in the back of my mind it was always more uh, the aero and potentially the space side of engineering that I wanted to get back towards at some point so I came off of active duty a few years ago and I've been doing kind of that line of work with defense work with my current company and, and 
I'll see how things develop from there if I shift more towards space or other things. Yeah. Wasn't your yeah. thesis for your master's something to do with uh, yeah, space technology? Yeah, I did a master's degree a couple of years ago while I was working. And the, the thesis, I took the opportunity to focus on um, radiation protection for manned missions uh, deeper in space, like to Mars, for example. That's the so current like thing. Cool. So, so I, I did a 180-page thesis. <laughs> I, I, did, I did an IEEE <laughs> conference paper and presented a, at a conference about that. So, I mean, again, it was kind of it's on the side of my full-time work for now, but uh, I'll have to see what opportunities open up because I'm, I'm very tied to my friends and family in New Hampshire. So we'll have to see how I can develop yeah. those interests while still staying in a location that's She's important to me. So, yeah. My wife is wicked smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing one of you is. You want some cream for that no. burn? Sarah's character's going to die. Then. <laughs> <laughs> John, what did you want to be when you grew up? When uh, how- I always thought I had a pretty good head for math and sciences. No. So, no, you don't think so? Oh, sorry. <laughs> the house is rough. Uh, so, so for when I first was getting into college, I actually started off as a physics major because uh, I actually wanted to get into uh, you know, quantum physics and things of that nature have always really fascinated me. But then I found out I had to go through standard physics, and that sucked and <laughs> to get to there. And uh, in, in the end, I wasn't – I don't know if it was just the classes or if it was me, but I really just couldn't get my head around those standard physics equations. Which so In the end, I ended up uh, in uh, computer science for a while, um, and from there migrated to information technology because that's where the money was. Uh, so He's the okay. IT guy. Yeah, I'm the computer guy. <laughs> John is also our computer guy. Yeah. <laughs> and our 3D printer. <laughs> and when we need people who are tall. Yeah. <laughs> for hanging things. Stuff, like blankets and for the soundproofing. <laughs> Is there anything else, John? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. I'm the shortest person in this room. You are. How tall are you? 5'5". Five, 5'5", five. Five, five and John's 6'3". Six, 6'3", three. Six, three. yeah. <laughs> All right. Sarah, what would you, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Uh, <laughs> 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 this is probably going to be really shocking to you all. <gasps> and by shocking, I mean not at all. Yeah. Um, when I was... Seven years old, I told my mother I wanted to be an opera singer when I grew up. Oh, cool. <gasps> an opera Shocking. singer. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, that didn't really change all that much, actually, getting older. Mm-hmm. I uh, yep. All through high school, I was very music-focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my my senior year of high school, I was in, like, five music classes and, like, two regular classes. Can you give us an aria? <laughs> no. <laughs> not on the spot. I'm no. not as young as I used to be. Um, but I'm also a saxophone player amongst various other instruments. And I went to college to be a music educator, but, um, like, my junior year of college, we started student observations, and I realized I really hated kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's that's not true. I don't hate kids, but I realized that I didn't necessarily want to teach music, um, mm. and so I kind of shifted focus from there. I've I've dabbled in a lot of jobs, but my ultimate career goal is to to be a photographer full time and cool. 
help mm-hmm. people realize the beauty of themselves. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Especially when they're all dressed up. <laughs> Especially when they're all dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. All right, Greg. <laughs> what'd you want to be when you were a kid, uh, man? What'd you want to be um, when you grew up? <laughs> I'm never going to grow up. You know, yeah, I, know. I, I thought about that actually, when I wrote the question. <laughs> I'm actually still trying to figure that out. Yeah. I haven't really found what it is that I wanted to do. But was there something when you were a kid, though? When you were like 10 years old, were you like, I man, I really want to be this someday? I have that mm-hmm. thought, to no? be honest okay. with really? you. You're never okay. too old to decide what you um, want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. I had thought that I wanted to work in television, so I kind of took those steps. When television how? Like production or... Well, a little of both. Um, you know, I was looking at when I was in Connecticut, that's where I came from, of being a art director for television. So that's okay. someone that's that cool. does um, television graphics, mm-hmm. um, art direction, that kind of thing. And when I didn't I, know this about Greg. I've known him for like 15 years. And I had no idea. And when I went to college, I actually went to a small college up in New Hampshire. And that particular college didn't have those type of programs. So for whatever reason, and this I still do not know because it happened by chance, um, I had wanted to live up here but didn't know why. And then there's an opportunity that kind of came up. Yeah. And I came to a school up here, and it was a small school. The fates aligned. <laughs> and um, when I went to that school, um, I had taken lots of communications courses, and I actually had enough courses that I was minored in theology and English. So I had enough courses to do that. So I suppose I could have been a minister or something like that. Yeah. I could um, see you being a minister. Yeah. Feed into your writing hobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But some uh, people I knew told me that I would be a great teacher. So I went that direction. And like, uh, I remember taking to you to like your praxis, praxis exam. <laughs> just Prax- like Sarah, praxis exam. I discovered when I was working with kids that I did not have the kind of same focus and attention that you need to be a teacher. Yeah, it's not so much that you like hate the kids. It's like no. you realize that it's not you're not passionate enough about it. And to, like, wake up every morning and want to go do it. Yeah, it's yeah. a really emotionally two, chaotic it environment. Yeah, I have so much in. respect for yeah, teachers. It's, it's so yeah. hard. And two, you have to have so many different hats. Like, you have to pay attention to not only the person you're dealing with, but you also pay attention to the 30 other kids in class and what they're doing. Yeah. And in these I, days, you have to notice everything that could be going on behind the scenes, too. And I just yeah. didn't have the capacity to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. So I ended up going for my master's degree um, to school to be a school counselor. And um, that particular circumstance, unfortunately, the school closed um, that program. So I didn't end up uh, finishing it. But I would be Doctor Holly at this point because I would have my doctorate in psychology. Doctor Holly, you almost (laughs) surpassed Kate in education level. Yeah. Well, I like to learn. That's my thing. Yeah. 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 Cool. I mean, y'all have surpassed me. But if I were to, (laughs) if I would, only got a bachelor's. I don't even have that. If I were to choose a a career, 
I would probably say be an astronomer because I really do love space. Mm. Space. <laughs> that's our next question, Greg. <laughs> Way to jump the gun. Well, no, <laughs> no, that's, you that's haven't not answered a, that that's question. Not jumping the gun. That's no, I know, a segue. <laughs> you see, but I have an answer. No, you roll oh, on. Therefore, I can't segue oh. that. Oh crud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, what, when what did you want to be? When I you wanted to be up? an architect. Because because I watched the Brady Bunch. Oh my god! <laughs> See, that's funny because both story. of my parents are actually architects. I'm of a person named Brady. <laughs> I I thought Mr. Brady was cool, and I wanted to be an architect. And I also wanted to be an archaeologist because I really like dinosaurs. And because so you were just going down in alphabetical order at that time. Sort of. <laughs> I also wanted to be an actor because I grew up with, you know, E.T. and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that sort of thing. At least he didn't start off wanting to be an aardvark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I actually have pursued acting a little bit recently. I am doing um, some voiceover and I've done a little bit of on-camera stuff. We'll see if the on-camera stuff goes anywhere. Uh, the voiceover stuff I plan on making a career out of. Uh, the acting stuff, if it works out, great. But the, the casting agency that I was a part of. Um, called me up and had me do a uh, audition, which got me a small part in a television show, uh, which I'm excited about. So once that comes out, I can put it on my resume, and I'll keep pursuing that. I'm going to try to set up a, a place at home where I can do um, self-tape auditions, so it can be easy for me to just like do it in the living room and then send it out. And if that's kind of the path that people sometimes take to get there, well, I can handle that, <laughs> you know, because Kate and I are, we're trying to have our first child together. And me moving off somewhere and trying to be an actor is not really in the cards. Uh, but still, I, I do, I do enjoy. Listeners. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> you might hear a baby screaming at, you know, in a year from now or something. No, it's just going to be our, on it's gonna it, be our fifth player. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. yeah this, this is our NPC. Our mute NPC. Big stuff <laughs> dice, and whenever he throws it. Or uh, she. Or she. Um, generic he. Uh, it, whatever it lands on, you know that they. you l- look it up on a table, and that suddenly that's what happens to our party. Or something, you know? It could be, or we could just put the baby in the DM chair and see what happens. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> the monster says, <laughs> "So our next question was dream job." And what did you say that yours was, Greg? I said that I would love to be an astronomer and discover astronomer. space and science things, and. Uh, Find a new planet and have it named for me. <laughs> Does that relate to your dream job, Kate? Because you you, you, you want to be in space stuff, right? Yeah. Is that is that your dream job, though? I mean, she, she, difference, she wants to go there. There are points, That's true. certainly points <laughs> when I considered the idea of wanting to be an astronaut or a space traveler as okay. a dream job. But I a think space that, cowboy? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, space cadet? I think that, <laughs> that perspective has kind of... <laughs> Thanks, hubby. Uh, has kind of shifted a little bit. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, again, I'm very tied to where I'm at. But if I ever got the opportunity working in New Hampshire to work on uh, the design of space systems, in particular space systems that would support yeah. manned missions deeper sure. into space, that that would be amazing. Okay. You know. John, do you have a dream job? Would you like to do more than anything else? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm kind of beyond the point where I'm looking for a dream job as far as a specific thing. And more looking for a job where I just don't have to work. 
<laughs> yeah, just like everybody else. Yeah. How does this yeah. not surprise me? <laughs> My dream job is. My, I don't is have an rich. aspiration <laughs> except to not have to do anything but what I like to do. <laughs> Sarah, do you have a dream job? Um, is it photography? Is that what it is? Uh, photography is definitely my dream career. Okay. Um, I would say I already have my dream job, which is being, you know, a wife and a mom to a bunch of crazy animals and maybe someday a kid. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but okay. also to have the job of being a good friend and having a great group of friends around me. Oh, Heartwarming orphans. Yes. Tear. <laughs> Okay. I'm corny. I can't help oh, it. That's okay. Oh, I would go back and say that I too, in my youth, had the idea of being an architect because okay. the Brady Bunch connection. Yeah. So that ended <laughs> when I went to high school and found out that no, you cannot be an architect just by going to a semester of technical school. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, no architect. I don't want it that bad. <sighs> Nope. <laughs> yeah, I eventually there was, there was so much math, and I was good at math, but I didn't want to go quite that far. Yeah, I was like, nah. I once yeah. had a very short dream of being a dentist until I realized how much school I would have to go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, uh, I think the last count, I've had like thirty five jobs. Wow, or something like that. Yeah, I was. I tried to put it in a Google Doc along with like I like to make a list of like how many D and D characters that I've had, and he, like he ran out of room. What, I, I, I do. No, no, and I, I think I had like thirty five jobs. Um, up to this point. Wow. Although if I if I count voice right now, that's probably thirty six. But anyway. And not thirty seven. In, In a, a row. row. <laughs> Chris is not a man to be tied down. Except to Kate. Except to Kate. It's true. And her boobies. No, I just like I was I was wicked antisocial in, in high school and I dropped out. Well technically I transferred into this program that lets you get your high school diploma by going to night school. And then I was so sick of school because I basically grew up in the movie The Breakfast Club. That was my high school, um, and it sucked, and I didn't want to be around anybody. I was very introverted, and so I didn't want to go to college. And then I just worked job after job after job with no skills. I went back to college, got a degree, and part of my schooling was in theater. And then I came out, and I had a bunch more jobs. And uh, now I'm at the point where I'm trying to focus a little bit more on performance of some kind or another. Um, So I just didn't have a lot of direction when I was younger, and I just kept going from job to job to job. So I got a lot of them. You're a drifter. (laughs) I was a sort of a drifter. Stayed in Southern New Hampshire, which is where our, our podcast is based for our listeners. Uh, I figured that out. With, with one outsider from mid mid northern New Hampshire. <laughs> uh, so we've already talked about this a little bit. Um, this could get a little dicey, but that will be fun. <laughs> uh, Us what, get dicey? What? Um, oh, but we, we we like to get dicey. dicey. No. But um, it's true. <laughs> is that a boo flag, Greg? Yes, it was a boo face. <laughs> so so the question is, and again, we may talk about this for a while, but it's it's what are some of your most defining personality traits? I can be very passionate and come across as kind of judgy sometimes. I, I try to be consciously aware of that and not do that. And to a lot of people, I don't think I do. But for some reason, to my close friends, I really do. <laughs> Much more so than in other groups. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why I let that out among my close you friends. Care so much. I, I, I honestly think. I honestly think that, that that's what it is. I think because I have this, I have this really like hard coded. Um, uh, I mean, I guess passion again is like is, is like the nice word for it. Like I get I get spun up on things really quickly, 
You know, I don't like it when something if something that I perceive as being bad is happening, particularly to one of my friends or my family, and I immediately get like inside. I get all upset, and I want to like help. Help, yes. I'm trying. I try to. I want to help the situation, and sometimes the way I do that can come across as being very judgy. Like you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing that. And I don't mean it to come across that way, but I, I so badly want to help the people in my life that the people that I'm the closest to, I just it just all flies out. You know, I get passionate and it just comes out. You know, whereas I think in other areas of my life, uh, I'm a little more calm, a little more reserved, and so I'm able to talk with with less judgment and and more um, just sort of sensitivity and productivity and stuff like that. You know, so uh, that is definitely a big defining part of my personality is I, I'm a very passionate person. I do get worked up about things, uh, but I'm, I'm working on that and trying to channel it in ways that are good and, and, not, and not as harmful, which it can be sometimes, but I really try not to be that way. I so, give Chris a hard time about it, but he and I have actually yeah. talked a lot at length about our, about not only his desire, but my own too sometimes Yeah, for really like helping people be the best that they can be yeah exactly and being in the best situation that they can be in for themselves and how passionate and caring we are about it and uh it's actually one of my favorite personality (laughs) traits about chris even though i give him a really hard time um because it's something that i identify with yeah yeah. so yeah what would you uh what what would would you say that you're um, what are some of your most defining um, personality traits? We're answering this about ourselves because, like, <laughs> I mean, we, we can put it to the group. I mean, I mean what, 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 what do people say about about Sarah? She's I'm self degrading. Don't, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> there, there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. There's, there's some of that. She's in there. very dynamic. Our, answering it about ourselves and then people feeding into yeah. the answer is probably the most comfortable way to do it. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just deflecting because like <laughs> I like to deflect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think of you as being very exuberant. <laughs> I, I would definitely say that one of my defining characteristics is that even though I actually believe it or not really do enjoy moments that I get to myself where I get to recharge and mm-hmm. and be quiet. <laughs> I can be quiet, I swear. And uh, <laughs> whatnot. I really enjoy making people laugh and mm-hmm. and being a beacon of light. It sounds so freaking cheesy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I like being identified as the person that like really brings the joy to the room or yeah, like positive energy, sparks yeah. a positive energy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that sometimes I get a little fixated on things that are bothering me and it can bring the mood down. <laughs> but um, if it, there's nothing in my life, if not passion, I have mm. a lot of passion about a lot of things. I see a trend here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least with so. you and I, but I'm sure with everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. Kate's investment in the game is very, is a, is, is, mm-hmm. is passion certainly. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely love outwardly and try to live gregariously. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Greg, do you, how would you, would you want to start with yourself and then have us kind of chime in? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would try to say about myself is that sometimes I could be a very selfless person mm-hmm. to my own detriment. Oh, yes. Um, which, you know, that is something I have to work on. You think with, you get taken advantage of sometimes? I, I feel that way sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if someone needs something, I will be more than happy to give it and do whatever I need to do in order to make sure that the person has what they need or 
you know, is um, in a place that they find themselves to be good. Um, also, I try to be very thoughtful about mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this comes from also going to school for counseling. I try to think in my think to myself, is that the best way to say something? Is that the best way to react to something? Mm-hmm. And, you know, have that internal dialogue with myself so before I say a things. Of, a lot of self-reflection. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, also in that same uh, venue, I would probably say that I do kind of, um, I guess you say, wear my heart on my sleeve. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Get yes, very, yes, you do. Very involved with things and I feel things. And I think that's part of me being an empathetic person and everything that someone else feels, I feel it. And that could be hard for me sometimes, especially um, if there's lots of anger over things, which, you know, that's a hard emotion for me. There are some times where Greg and I are both very empathic. So is Kate. <laughs> and so is Kate. So there are times when we're all together that it, it can be a little bit electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. He got me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if, if Greg is not in a good mood, you can read it all over. Oh, yes. It's yeah. like this giant, it's this giant it. sign. You can feel it's, it. It's like this like, neon sign. Like, <laughs> It's a giant boo sign. When, he, when, he, when he's not enjoying something, like a particular anime or something like that, he'll sit there and say, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but you can just tell. It's like that meme with the dog. This is great. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. I guess you could say I do kind of shut down sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, a little if bit. If you're an empathetic person, that's kind of a protective response, too, yeah. right? Definitely. Yeah. That's, yeah. How about John? John. Um, once again, probably the polar opposite of a lot of y'all. <laughs> um, he said I'm, y'all. Just y'all. pointing that out y'all. there. Yeah, he sometimes yeah, goes into southern drawl. Yeah, my, I, my, my dad was from the south, and every now and then... A oh, I didn't know that about a, you. Yeah, and every now and then a little bit of a southern drawl slips in. Um, especially my characters. It, almost all my NPCs, for some reason, have a southern accent. Yeah, it's, it's very funny if you're a player it in this game. If you're a player. <laughs> This NPC is from the south, and then this one's from the south, and then that one's from the south, and then this girl yeah, is also from the, the south. Apparently, the Ravens were from the south, and <laughs> <laughs> even Strahd was from the uh, south every the now and then. From the south, yeah. I'm a very live and let live type of person. Um, for the most part, I assume people are capable of dealing with their own issues, Mm -hmm. give or take. Um, And I like to try to be there should they need me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I won't generally try to get in their face about it. Um, Yeah, I I would say that you're you're analytical and you're practical about things. mm -hmm. Those are some things I would use to describe you. (laughs) Okay, and I wouldn't disagree. Um, (laughs) I do try to look at things very dispassionately. Pragmatically. Pragmatically. Yeah, 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 pragmatically. There you go. Um, And... Which is probably why the characters I play tend to be very not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, some people play a different version of themselves, yep. and yep. some people play the complete opposite right. of themselves. It's yeah, I've, I've never in real life. I've never seen you really get angry. 
I've never seen you yell, or I mean, if you are angry, it's, I've seen it's, you it's get not, into heat. It's not obvious. Him drop an f bomb yeah. once or twice when he got really frustrated with something tech wise. That's rare. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I haven't yeah. really seen that. And that was shocking. To my me. my <laughs> ang- my anger tends to be very dogged. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't tend to get uh, start yelling and shouting. Yeah, I just get ex- uh, very stubborn. Okay. <laughs> I guess sure, sure. Word. Yeah, I understand. Uh, um, I gotcha. But I don't think any of anybody in our group has ever really given me cause to be angry. Because, like I said, I have a very lackadaisical attitude. Hey, you've gotten me annoyed. Never really, never really angry. Sarah just raised her hand. Yeah. That's what John's um, replying to. I, I like to push John's buttons. Troll a lol. Well, it's okay because I like to push everybody else's buttons. If somebody has angry. to troll the troll. Yeah. Because one of the other things I like to do is try to get people to take things less seriously. Um, if okay. people can be, if I've, the way I figure it, if people can just relax and not get so bound up in their emotions that they can think and they can think through their issues, they're going to have less of them. So they can work and they can work them out. So I generally just try to get try to get people to relax and be less serious. So John wants to be the colace of the group. The I what? guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish listeners could see his face right now. I got no is like bowel a bowel movement softener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you like to unbind? Oh no! That one went over my head. Oh no! X lax. Miralax. John is our Miralax. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I could benefit from 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 that idea, John. Yeah, yeah. Not getting so bound up with all the emotion. Yeah. <laughs> just take a breath, relax. <laughs> it's not as bad as you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Make a joke about it, and then you can come at it with a uh, better perspective. Yeah, there have been a couple of times mm-hmm. when I was really getting worked up on something, and something made me laugh, and it just took all the air right out of me. Yeah, I was like, oh man, now I'm not angry anymore because I was something made me laugh, which was great. I was I enjoyed the fact that I was actually brought down from laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, I mean, you're obviously a very, a very emotionally invested yeah, person. I mean, very I, strong I, emotions. For yeah, you. I mean, there's that. I'm going to answer second. I mean, I feel like there's two sides of it for me. From, okay. from a rational side, like like I am the thinker, the problem solver, the the very the engineer, very detail oriented person, and I always have been since I was very young, which means I that, that. I, I like to look at things <laughs> from every different possible angle. I am very, very thorough in my search for like what I see as like the best or optimal solution to mm-hmm. a problem or a challenge. And yeah. that can be very good. It can help us in ways, but it can also be overdone. It can make it so mm-hmm. I'm indecisive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, there's two sides to every coin. So that, that then shifting to the emotional side it's like I, I am a very empathetic person and i think that's kind of part of what binds this particular group of friends together is we all have that to some extent in different it's ways john. even well, john can... underneath the, John's that, a little yeah, more pragmatic. That's yeah. Fine. so i mean when i was younger taking that that sensitivity i was always the protector i was always the group mom even going back to grade school right <laughs> yep. like so so being a protector is probably a lot of what drove me to serve in the military um mm-hmm. and then kind of in parallel with that like dealing with emotions to some extent i walled stuff away especially when i was serving so now mm-hmm. being out of the military 
and being back home, that's kind of dropped those walls, which is Mm -hmm. a bit of challenge because then it is that same kind of emotional investment, which can be taken too far and can tie one up in knots. But then it also helps for a campaign or escapism like this to to make it so things are more poignant, more meaningful as we build that story as a group through various campaigns. So, so yeah. Does anybody have anything to add on to what Gates said? I've always wondered... um, just because, I mean, you hear a lot about what it's like to be a, a woman in the Navy and yeah. or in the military in general, like how you feel that really shaped you in your formative 20s and who you are now. Um, I mean, definitely <laughs> seeing all the... Yeah, trying looking to, at me trying like that? Think, <laughs> no, it's, it's a good question and to think on the, the answer. I mean, obviously... I think yeah. sometimes... you know you you see a lot of the world you see a lot of different cultures so it's like you know i i I can sometimes be a somewhat judgmental or controlling person again if i feel that something is wrong or being wronged and i want to try to help slash fix it but i think it also seeing all these different walks of life and different perspectives it kind of at least encourages me to try to take a step back at times and like, you know, again, consider different perspectives and different views that can drive people into certain behaviors or certain Mm -hmm. places. Um, You know, being the world traveler, my my house is full of all kinds of crazy and cool things because I've picked up a lot of passions from, you know, cool art and knickknacks and wine and, you know, fancy food and stuff like that. Like that, that passion was there anyway, but it definitely grew even further through my travels. And then again, I think just, um, emotionally, it did give me some tools to be able to step back from jobs where you have to be more rational, which like even in my current engineering work is very much the same. Uh, but then, you know, the Navy, there's a lot of camaraderie as well. So I think, yeah. you know, coming back from the military has been that challenge because corporate world doesn't usually fill that role. So yeah. finding mm-hmm. that bond mm-hmm. again with friends and kind of recalibrating how I do or don't wall my emotions away, especially with that group of friends, that, that that's mm-hmm. the thing I'm still working on at so, this point. Finding yeah. your safe yeah. space. I think, so, like, well, I think everyone yeah. has that yeah. um, level of trying to figure things out and yeah. um, trying to maybe partition themselves in a way. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because you act a certain way with your friends and those you were closest with and you may act differently with, say, your co-workers who right. are also mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as Kate, I would probably refer to her as our devil's advocate for uh, different campaign stuff. But what if? <laughs> because she's no, always kind of looking no, at but the, then what about this? the other side of things, and I think that's good. For sure. Yeah. Because I would more along the lines of be emotional about it and go with my gut, whereas I wouldn't really think about things, and mm-hmm. I would be more Greg Smash <laughs> versus like the thoughtful, uh, thoughtful artifice, I guess you would say. Yeah. So it'd be like um, mess stuff up first and ask questions later, <laughs> pretty much. No, yeah. Darius was never like that. <laughs> no. Zealot. Darius the Barbarian. You know, I, yeah, I would really have to agree along that same vein with Greg. Like, I've known Kate since we were like 13 years old. So um, she's always been a very grounding force for me. I tend to be a very um, 
action now think later (laughs) and having that um yin to my yang through my formative years was really helpful Mm -hmm. um kate's really taught me a lot about how to think things through before i get emotional yeah and and i love that sorry sarah's slip side that's okay love you too (laughs) try try to get me to come out of that space where i'm always locked into overthinking and be a little bit more spontaneous sometimes so that's been cool to develop that over the years (laughs) doll something in my eyes (laughs) kate's also my wife and therefore she's awesome (laughs) yeah but you're required by law to say that Well, I, I, I there is a contract. I, I, I got the better end of the deal for sure. She puts up a lot of my crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Overstatement. Uh, so, what is your favorite food and or dessert? We all know yours. What is it? Chocolate lava chocolate. cake. Yeah. Um, well, chocolate cake. Chocolate. Um, no. chocolate. I would chocolate. say I would say chocolate. 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 It's the only kind yeah. of dessert you'll eat. I mean, I think. It's true. It can't be Pie. gourmet chocolate either. No, it, it has can't be gourmet be chocolate. chocolate. Plain chocolate. Just plain regular for old, the listeners like, that become our core fan group. Send Chris lots of chocolate. Core fan, group. but not gourmet chocolate. But not gourmet chocolate. Nothing fancy. No. no. Like Duncan Hines cake. I like I like I like chocolate I like frosting. chocolate cake with chocolate frosting, just regular old, you know, sugary frosting. I like I like chocolate fudge brownies. Um my favorite dessert is probably brownie sundae with vanilla ice cream oh, and okay. yeah, I do like the I do like the mix of chocolate and vanilla and a, and a brownie sundae, but I like to have a nice uh a nice thick heavy brownie in there. You hear that? I do. Chocolate, chocolate fudge brownie. And vanilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, Greg is chocolate in case people know don't know. <laughs> And we are all crackers, or vanilla, yeah. I should say. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. He didn't. Uh, nope. And I, I also like mashed potatoes with yellow cream-style corn on top of the mashed potatoes. That's like my favorite food, like, ever. Wow. So, yeah. like, half a uh, shepherd's pie. Kind of, yeah. It's it's two like shepherd's pie two, without two parts of it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just some mashed potatoes, like the some meat. butter, oh, he likes and, then some, pie and then some yellow cream corn. Like Never mind. <laughs> yes, I do like shepherd's pie. <laughs> yeah. Have you had any luck expanding his palate at all? Kate's trying. Marginal. She's, he is a very meat and potatoes palate from his up- upbringing. So for Although me we have being, successfully hid yeah, some vegetables the food in his adventure. Food. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to poison my food with green things. Trying to get him to eat vegetables. Small enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, what's your favorite food and/or dessert? Oh boy, um, I like to eat a lot. <laughs> um, I would probably say that my favorite food is pizza. Pizza? Okay. Pizza. Pizza I can go to any time of the day, any day of the week. Chocolate lava cakes from Domino's. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're pretty decent. Um, But I would say my favorite dessert's probably cheesecake. Cheesecake? Cheesecake. I like cheesecake a lot, especially New York-style cheesecake. I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) Originally, were you, were you born in New York? I was born in New York. Okay, um, I've been here longer than I was there at this point in my life, but <laughs> I'm definitely still like a. I want the kosher bagel from the deli <laughs> and my coffee <laughs> and a nice slice <laughs> and some New York style cheesecake to end it all. <laughs> cool. 
Greg, favorite food uh, and or desserts? That's, that's Greg kinda, is such a foodie. This is going to be hard. I know. It's really difficult. Greg, Greg, Greg and Kate are both foodies. Yeah. Big time. Um, big time. I would probably say, as far as dessert, I would probably say a plain Jane chocolate chip cookie. Mm. But oh, I do like those made too. with dark chocolate chips mm. and maybe something salty in there, like pretzels or something to kind of counteract oh. all the sweetness. But no walnuts. But no walnuts, because I don't <laughs> like nuts. Um, and I would probably say as far as food, um, I kind of have gotten used to being up here, like different types of cuisine. Like there's Thai food, which I love mm. Thai, uh, Thai cuisine. Uh, Indian food, which I love that too. Uh, he likes it spicy. Yeah, yeah spicy. <laughs> I've enough seen Greg sweat from spice. <laughs> burn my mouth off. He likes I, the burn. I do. Um, I would probably say that I would like a good kind of um, curry or um, you know some kind of like chicken from dish from one of those cuisines. Which, if I had to pick an American kind of deal, then I would probably say shepherd's pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Especially when Kate makes it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Greg has made me want Indian food now. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite food and or dessert, John? Again, hard for me to say because I, I would probably say my favorite food is whichever one I'm eating at the time. <laughs> um, That's okay. a good answer. <laughs> Classic <laughs> answer. <laughs> Very um, existential. I like yes. it. Um, yeah, I mean, goes for his favorite woman too. <laughs> what, whichever one I'm eating at the time. Exactly. Okay. You <laughs> just turn red. Oh. Uh, I mean, I do like the spicy food. I, I, I love a good Indian curry. Oh, Scott stuff. Especially a lamb curry. Okay. Excellent stuff. Um, but you know, sometimes. I don't like. I don't want the spicy food. Obviously, everybody has their own. You know, has. You're in you know, the mood moves. for something, or yes. not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about dessert? Desserts. I probably almost any kind of like lemon dessert, like Ooh. little lemon squares mm. or little lemon puddings and things like that. Just just the, the, the little refreshing chasers after mm. a good meal. I, would, I think it's probably what I like best. I would probably put some delicious faux soup on there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Having that for the first time up here. Yeah. Okay, what are you making us after we're done recording? <laughs> Seriously, we'll now. Right? Uh, you good, John? I'm good. Okay. Okay. Um, food and or dessert? So the food is a tough one because much like a couple of the others, uh, I'm into a lot of different foods, a lot of different cultures. There's probably fewer foods that I don't that I don't like than foods that I love. We're the plain so, foods. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, for American cuisine or just plain like comfort food, you know, things like like shepherd's pie would definitely be up on that list. I can appreciate a good mac and cheese depending oh. on my mood, you know. Uh, but then uh, I probably do crave multicultural foods more than a lot of other people. So just like, you know, good Chinese stir fry, the way that, you know, Chinese or Japanese preparations of veggies can be really awesome compared to more American fare and just like noodle dishes, sushi, stuff like that. You know, I enjoy a lot. Um, 
And then the the dessert one, at least, is easy. That's a no-brainer. I'm an ice cream girl. I have always been an ice cream girl since I was, like, a toddler. So, yeah, good good ice cream, whether it's from my favorite local places or or homemade. That's definitely... Uh, again, it really depends on my mood because I'm pretty mm-hmm. adventurous. So I would like, you know, citrus flavor mm-hmm. things like lemons if I'm in the right mood in the summer or a really good chocolate sorbet, uh, anything with mint and chocolate, anything with coffee, mm. coffee things in general. Navy Kate likes coffee uh, and even <laughs> to go more adventurous, like I, I appreciate different wines and craft beers and you know sometimes ice cream makers do foray into using those in their ice cream and that can be really cool Haagen-Dazs is making like this these like um alcohol inspired pints right now like chocolate stouts and yeah well I mean Bailey's Hagen does it the Mm -hmm. Bailey's ice cream that's been a favorite for a long time so yeah it's we're not sponsored by Hagen Dazs <laughs> or, or Bailey's, Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> or Domino's. <laughs> okay, so our last question for the Knights of Roleplay Roundtable is: If you could choose a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, dear Lord, Greg. Oh boy, what superpower mm. would you choose and why? Um, I think I would probably go with reading minds. And I would say that because I'd like to know the truth about people. And I think a lot of things can be said uh, coming from like today where you text someone versus not seeing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to know someone's intention when they're talking with you, I think is something that's pretty powerful. So that, that, that could be scary. It, yeah, it could be because you may not get something that you like and that is something that would be hard to deal with so but you're saying you fr- might not be able to handle the truth <laughs> boo yes the chirping is going but uh so yeah it would be reading minds and um wanting to know the truth uh and have that truth be uh apparent would be what i would be okay john mm. It's actually a tough one for me. I mean, there's the vanilla ones, like the you know, ability to fly. Who wouldn't want to be able to do that? But, you know. I planes not, I'm scared of heights. I'm also <laughs> afraid of heights. Um, <laughs> no, that is exactly why I did not choose a vanilla one. Really? Yeah. I mean, but. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> no racist jokes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Although our podcast is rated as explicit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's true. It's not wrong. That's mostly because of me. Come back. <laughs> come, come back to me. i got to think about this one. Okay. Kate, okay. superpower? Uh, so to stay basic, I, I mean, I've always had dreams about having the ability to fly. So that's yeah. definitely one of them that I, I just think it would be oh. exhilarating oh, no. and cool. Uh, and then probably right up there with it would be telekinesis. 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 Can't pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, Kate says a yeah, lot of words the, in very interesting ways. Just that, <laughs> that idea to be able to, you know, it's, it's a power of convenience. I want something. I can bring it to me. It's a power of protection. Something's coming at me. I could stop it. Like, I think that would be really cool. So Okay. So basically the force, but, you know. <laughs> Sarah. It what? is with you. Right. Always. And also with you. <laughs> what do you think, Sarah? Oh, I think um, this is a tough one. 
Because it's so easy to like fall into a cliche, but I don't want yeah. to fall into a cliche. Yeah, but I also am very cliche. Yeah. Um, no, I think I would probably go for like the ultrasonic hearing. Okay. Um, I, by nature, am a very like anxiety slash paranoid person. Um, so I think the ability to kind of on the same vein of, of Greg know the truth of things like I, I'm naturally very paranoid about my, my self worth and my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I see people whispering a restaurant, like my immediate reaction is like, Oh my God, they're talking about me. <laughs> um, so if I had that ability to like prove myself right or wrong and have a definitive meaning, I think it would take a lot of anxiety out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also love to know if something was coming that was going to hurt me <laughs> or help me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'll go with ultrasonic hearing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, do you want me to go or do you want to? Uh, no, actually, I thought about it. Probably would something along the lines of shape-shifting. Ooh. I, I kind of like the idea of the adaptability <laughs> of yeah. it, I think, would really appeal to so me. So it would be like Mystique and you would change into different people? and oh, Maybe not even just limited Monsters, to people. Why is, we're, creatures. we're talking hypotheticals here. Yeah. No? John is, is our chaos factor. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope he would be not. You could be like birds. Kids, you could fly so. around as birds. Or you could go sure. swim in the ocean as a shark or something. Yeah, it's you know? kind of like a whole bunch of different superpowers in it's one. It's pretty cool. It kind yeah. of, yeah. Just yeah. Shape yeah. of. <laughs> For a bucket of water. <laughs> they, they used to have an awful show about that called Manimal back in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do vaguely remember Manimal. I never heard of that. It must have been before my time. <laughs> there was lots of, young. There were lots of terrible shows. It was early 80s. We missed yeah. it. Yeah. Was that the one with the guy that could either turn into a hawk or a panther or something yes. like that? Yes. Yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to be a Thundercat. Oh. I'd take that. What'd you call me? I said, Oh. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. What about, what about you, Chris? Uh, I think that I would like immortality in the form of not just the never aging, never getting older, but like the sort of indestructibility. Where you know, like, 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 I couldn't be killed. There's nothing you can do to kill me, and like I would you'd reincarnate. And or? no, like, 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 you couldn't kill me. Like, you just couldn't kill me at all. There's no way you could actually, uh, <coughs> you know, sh- shoot me in the head. I'd be fine. Cut my head off and put it back on. Maybe like if if my head gets cut off, it grows back or something like that. Like, like something where where like you can't you can't physically hurt me. You can't cause me to die. And you want to be a starfish. And I would live forever. That, um, prob- be- probably at like maybe you know age thirty maybe. And just like you know, stay at that like you know uh, biological age like forever, and just nobody can kill me. I don't get any older. That that would be a lot of fun until the sun engulfs the earth. <laughs> or it, in if you have people in your life, the people grow old, and you know. Why does everybody give me crap about my choice? It's <laughs> <laughs> just the consequence of that. No, but it's, hey, man, it's I, I watched the Highlander TV show. I watched Forever Night. Yeah. I understand people grow, you know, growing old and dying, all that kind of thing. But I also think about, like, you know, in 100 years, you know, how good would I be at martial arts? This is true. Yeah. You know, how good would I be at that? How, how much, like, 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 the things about my personality that, that I'm trying to work on that I would like to change for the better, 
like like what kind of person would I be in a hundred, two hundred years? With all those lifetime yeah. experiences. Yeah, because I think about I think about just the, the things that I've learned in the life I live so far, and I think it took me like that long just to learn like this one thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my God, what 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 happened if I was like three or four hundred years old? Like, you know, how much further along would I be? And I kind of feel like mm-hmm. the, the time that we have here is so short. And I mean, I'm not saying you can't grow and learn a lot of yeah. things, but I'm saying that when you compare that to like four or five hundred years, mm-hmm. yeah, it, to me that is exponentially Chris's more. Chris's sense of completionism, which Chris mm-hmm. is a completionist. Yeah, I'm not saying we you can't grow. Yeah, I mean, I've grown excellent. a lot, but again, like I look at certain things and I'm like, it took me like, you know, so many decades to get to the point where I realized this, you know, and I would have liked to have learned that like tw- like ten or twenty years before that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so so being able to live forever and see how the world changes and see how I change as a person. And, you know, see how good I can get at certain things and all the things that I can learn, you know, because the world, again, the world is so big. There's so much that I haven't experienced or learned yet. And I'd like to have all that time. And then, you know, again, just just knowing that, you know, if if for some reason, like, you know, I fall off a bridge or a bus hit me, I could get up and walk away. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. I mean, I was giving you grief about it, but really, I honestly, I've kind of had the same thoughts along the same line. Um, technology has always kind of fascinated me too. And I keep seeing all these new cool discoveries people keep coming out with. And I'm just like... It's like, I'm going to be dead by the time that comes out. I I, I just like, (laughs) I would just really like to see where this is going. Yeah. You know? And what comes next. So... Well, maybe they might be able to clone you at some point. (laughs) Yeah, but then would that really be you? Mm. I, I don't think so. I don't think cloning. No. I don't think if, if 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 somebody cloned you, I don't think that clone would be you. Yeah, no. It would not be the John that I knew. But it's the the Star Trek transporter syndrome. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Devil's advocate on that point, though, okay. is that like if you lived forever and you saw all of history, would you ever be part of history? I'm not sure that people necessarily have a sense that they would be in their. 80 or 90 or 100 years on the planet, though. I, I guess my ultimate goal is to somehow be remembered mm-hmm. in this world. And if I never leave this world, <laughs> the world can't necessarily remember me. I mean, I, I have a, a walking theory in life that we come across the people that we meet, whether it be for five seconds on the sidewalk mm-hmm. or the people that you've known for 28 years mm-hmm. and they're meant to be in your life for that moment and influence you and develop you as a person. Mm-hmm. And they take you on the journey to the ultimate place where you've developed and then you leave your mark and, and you move forward to wherever it is in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, but think about it this way, though. Let's say that you could reinvent yourself like every hundred years, and you basically, you know, decide to be like some kind of a, a scientist or something, and you leave some kind of a huge mark on the world as the scientist, and then you basically, you know, do your death thing, and you basically, you know, get new records, and you become this other person. Chris has thought about this, and a then lot. you become like, Apparently, and yeah. then you become like some kind of like, you know, um, you know, a. A, a you know a president or a politician and you leave a mark that way mm-hmm. and basically you have all these lives where you can look through history and be like yes that was me that was also me that was me i had a huge impact yeah. on on the world and all these different life uh, lifetimes that i lived i think yeah. i'd personally feel more fulfilled if i became the person the one person mm-hmm. yeah. that i was really meant yeah. to be to each his or her own i don't think right? that's i don't think that would exclude that possibility See, my philosophy yeah. is more the i Read right up on chaos theory. 
What you know? Really? Shocking. Yeah, <laughs> there is actually a thing called chaos. Theory. No um, way. It, it's basically, um, it's true. Yeah. The high level overview is is how small changes at the beginning um, have huge consequences down the line. But there's also a part of it of how different, um, how in chaotic systems, how different things interact becomes so unpredictable and yet almost deterministic in a way. So when you so if whether you live a single life or a hundred lives, um, your interactions are just as meaningful uh, because there's just no way to trace how your interactions of just bumping into somebody on the street could have affected their entire life. Right. Um, and how just, you know, just being in one place versus another place, how, how does that change the course of human history? There's just no way to know. And would, yet it does. I would argue, though, if Chris wants to live forever and mm-hmm. learn forever and you keep those same memories, are you ever really changing who you are? Absolutely you are. 100%. But if you're always influenced by your first life, I mean, you're growing, but you're not necessarily changing. No. I, I understand what you're I, trying I think to that say. you would, though. Um, it's like, I mean, if you if if you live for that long, um, you are still going to I, be. I would you. be bored as hell, personally. Yeah, there. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're never not going to be you. Um, but who? But who that you is? Air quotes. You. Um, <laughs> Um, does constantly change. You are not the you you were a year ago or ten years ago, but you're still you. I maybe maybe it's just because I have a tendency to be like driven by the like the as, as the kids call it now the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like <laughs> if I lived forever and I knew that I had like eh, I could get to that tomorrow. Like <laughs> I would procrastinate until like five hundred years are gone go. by, and I'd be like. I should maybe read that textbook now. Like, <laughs> That's now out of date. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, we got really philosophical here all over okay. a little bit. Deep conversations. It's kind of like uh, what Sarah was saying, that I do believe that whatever power, whether you believe in a higher power or not, mm-hmm. um, sometimes brings people into your life that are needed in your life at that particular time in that oh, particular yeah. moment. You know, the path that I got from where I was to where I'm at now, I've met many different people and have had many different experiences. But, you know, I believe that, you know, for me to have met someone again that I, you know, kind of met briefly at a, you know, summer camp was kind of crazy that that person is an adult. And that was like 19 years ago. So, you know, the world is... Uh, mysterious and, um, <laughs> and, you know, chaotic and great. And, you know, there obviously is some grand design behind how everything works. And, you know, people are put into your life for a reason. And what those reasons are, who knows? But it's always Cherish great. Cherish the people that you have. Cherish mm-hmm. the people that you have. For sure. Long story cool. short. Okay, cool. Wow. So that's... That's all of our questions. That we planned. 
that, 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 that we planned. Yep. yep. And since we've been going for a couple of hours, yeah. I said that's probably pretty good. Does anybody, does anybody have anything like, that you want to add um, before we uh, <laughs> before we sign off? Uh, no, I think so. I mean, we hope everybody. Kate's wearing an awesome Dungeons and Cats shirt. Yeah, Thank she you. is. Probably <laughs> yeah. gave it to me. Yeah, we nerdy. hope everybody uh, enjoyed listening to us uh, in this round table. And we Wax hope... philosophical. Yep, yep. <laughs> Talk about ourselves. And um, we, we have regular D&D episodes that are coming out. And uh, we hope you all enjoyed everything. John, do you have something you want to say? Uh, no, not forget. Just we'll see. We'll see you at the game. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Huzzah! Bye. 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 Thank Bye-bye. you. <laughs> Bye, awesome nerds. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review anywhere this podcast can be found. Please tell your friends about Knights of Roleplay and spread the word through social media. We can be found on Twitter at Knights of RP and on Facebook and Instagram at Knights of Roleplay and on our website at knightsofroleplay.com. Your help and support are greatly appreciated. <laughs>